Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 101 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Wow, we are at episode 101. I want to thank you all for joining me, if you did, for the live stream last week on Wednesday, August 11th. I hope I can say that it went very well and there weren't any problems, but I really have no idea because I am recording this three weeks ahead of that live stream. So hopefully everything went well and that you all enjoyed it. And I also hope that it went well enough that we can do it again in the future, maybe with Gwen, but we will see how that first one went. Today is a little unique because I have two guests on and I feel like it needs a little bit of explanation. So Janie contacted me. Janie is Nico's mom. And she wanted to come on the show with her daughter-in-law, Andrea. Nico and Nico and Andrea's son, Julian, were killed in a car accident just over a year ago. So they are both grieving moms. But Janie is also a grieving grandma. And Andrea is also a grieving wife. These different roles really give us a little more to think about, talk about, and explore in today's episode. And they are both just really delightful women. So I know that you will enjoy listening to them today. you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast today. Both of you, I have two guests today. I have Janie and Andrea, and they have a unique story because Janie lost her son, who is Andrea's, who was Andrea's husband, and then their son, so Janie's grandson and Andrea's son, died as well. So we are really kind of here to talk about two amazing souls and different relationships, you know, relationships of mothers, two mothers, a wife, and a grandmother. So we're going to kind of explore a little bit new areas today. And I just am very excited to have both of you here. Thank you. Well, thank you, Marcy, for having us here and to share our story with everyone yeah. yeah we like talking about the boys all the time we, we like about, I know and you know some people don't some people think it's taboo they don't want to talk about it they don't want to ask us about it or you know and I like talking about Nico and Julian and I want I bring it up and it might make them uncomfortable but I still bring them up you know no and I think it's good that we do because I think that it helps to make people realize that it isn't taboo and that it doesn't make us more sad. That's, I think the big thing is I always feel like, well, I don't want to talk about Andy because I don't want to make you sad. Like I am sad. 
And yeah. having you remember Andy, even for a moment, for a little thing, actually brings puts that sadness down a little bit. Yeah, it, it makes does. me a little happy. Now, it may bring tears, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you made me sad. You actually made me a little, feel a little bit better. So. Yeah, it, I, I, it makes, and, and I might start crying, but when right. I'm talking about him, but it's good, you know, it's just because I'm crying because of a memory of, you know, I like when someone comes up to me with a story about Nico, about he, because he was a jokester for sure. He was always playing pranks and being funny. And I like when somebody tells me, you know, he did this once and he did that. And I, that's, that's Nico, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's how he was, you know, so I like it. Mm-hmm. And if you all are watching this on either the YouTube channel or on Instagram or some other way, you may see that on Janie's computer screen, when her name lights up, it doesn't light up as her name. It lights up as Nicholas. And I just want you to kind of tell the audience why that is, Janie. Yeah, well, um, I, I was explaining to Marcy before you get on, got on that he took the opportunity when he was on furlough for his job and Andrea told him, go ahead and go see your mom. It's fine with me. She had a, she has a 12 year old and she was pregnant and she has Julian. He was four and he came and I told Marcy, he took the, the time to lose weight and get in shape. Remember he was looking, he, not that he was fat, but he did need to lose a couple of pounds and he um, took over my computer and he was doing all kinds of, he was on zoom classes and he, put it there, Nicholas. And he also was on my, on a Gmail that now I can't get on Gmail. And I was telling her now I'm on my AOL here because I don't want to change Nicholas Gmail on my account. I don't, I don't want to change anything he did. I, he even has his picture up, you know, like his profile picture on the Gmail. I can't, I, I can't change it. I, I can't change it. And I can't. Ch so anytime I'm on job, cause I'm a stenographer and we're doing zoom depots, they'll say, who's Nicholas. And I go, I, it's, I don't go on with the story. Cause I don't want to <laughs> bring up any sad stories. I'm Nicholas. Yes. Yeah. It's me. It's my son used my computer, but I, that's all I'll, I'll leave it at. But that's why it says Nicholas. Cause I left it yes. there. So anyway, I just thought that was a really sweet story and a good way to start. So do you want yeah. to start out by just talking about Nicholas? And you I, can start, Janie, by talking about even who he was as a kid. And then yeah. then we'll move on to uh, Nico and Nicholas, the husband. Yeah. Nicholas was always, he was a mama's boy to the end. To the, everybody teased him and he didn't care. He didn't care if he was a mama's boy and he, he would say it. But since he was a baby, his, his father died when he was really young, like six years old. So it was just me, him and his sister always. And he was a tattletailer just on his sister. You know, he tattletailed on her and he, we were just really always close. He was never going to leave his mother. And I said, but what about when you get married? And he goes, and, and your wife doesn't like me. She's out. You know, he'd say all these cute things. <laughs> and she's out and she doesn't like you. You come first. You know, he'd say it. And then when he got to his teen years, we were living, I think I mentioned that we were living in Florida for his junior high school and high school years. But we were always going back to Texas. And, you know, he started liking girls, you know, and, and you know, giving me trouble with the girls. And then we go to Texas and here comes Andrea. They were 14. She was 13. He was 14. Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. And they, you know, there was a back and forth, you know, we lived in Florida and it wasn't until I, he graduated high school 
that um, it was really, really hard for me to let go of him. But he went over there with his sister and I came over here with my husband in D.C. But um, we're just we've always been really close since since he was little. Just all just and to this to the end, we talked at least twice a day. We talked and sometimes we argued. There wasn't argues here and there, arguments here and there, but we always were very, very close. And that's funny. My Andy was like that too. He, in fact, when he he talked about when he grew up, he was going to move next door into the Campbell's house, <laughs> and then he because he really did want to get married and have kids and stuff, but he didn't want to ever be far from his mama, so he was uh, never I, going to move farther than right next door. <laughs> no, and uh, Julian was like that with Andrea too. I mean, if you see pictures of them, I mean, he's. But Nicholas was the same way, always kissing on me, always, but just a, a mama's boy to, to the end, you know, and everybody, like I said, would tease him. And even they got married on, at court, but then they went to, we went on a cruise and they did the ceremony there. But even for their wedding, it had to be on my birthday, which was just the 18th of July. <laughs> so it had to be on my birthday because he wanted to celebrate it the same day as my birthday. Uh, we just were always close, you know, so... Uh, then when he eventually, even though they were together at first, they didn't get married till a little bit later, till after Julian was born. But they've been together since, like I said, since they were teenagers. And they came and I remember when she was going to have, you know, uh, Maddox. He's 12 years old right now. And I thought, oh, maybe Nicholas isn't ready because he was still boys are, as, it, as it is. They're, they mature, you know slower than girls do, I think, you know, at least some boys. And I didn't want him, but he turned out to be an amazing father, an amazing dad that I'm super proud of. I was, you know, I am proud of him, how he was a dad. And then with Julian, the same way, you know, um, them with their, um, you know, he's into, they're into sports. If you ask Maddox anything about a sport, tennis, volleyball, basketball, golf, anything, he can answer this. I guarantee you Maddox will answer that question. And that's exactly how Nick was. And I don't understand where Nico got it because he didn't have his dad growing up. So he mm -hmm. just, he's really into sports and that's the way. And I think Julian was going that direction too. Wasn't he Andrea throwing the football around? He was, he was only, he was almost five. Actually his birthday is the 22nd of this month. And he was the same way. And um, he, they, him and his boys were, and then they were having another boy. So, and he would have had the three boys in the sports driving Andrea crazy. She let them throw balls in the house and she let them do it. <laughs> she had to play football in the house. Oh, so Andrea, I was going to have her just talk about Nico as a kid, but I think you can obviously talk about him as a kid too. Cause oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I, now that I look back and I'm like, where were my parents? <laughs> I, I asked her that the other day. I asked her how long ago, like when I would see you at the house, how did you get there? Because she wasn't driving. She was 13 and she was, I she just said because her dad was right there. She goes, I had my ways. So I didn't ask any I don't know how she got to my house, but they look like kids. She posted some pictures on their anniversary and they literally looked like two little kids in junior high, and that's what they were. Yeah, so she's been with yeah. him all the time. Mm -hmm. So you talk about that. You talk about your relationship a little bit with him and meeting well, him and everything. Yeah, well, Nicholas was um, a jokester. He was very affectionate, and uh -huh. he was a mama's boy, definitely. 
And I would take that to advantage sometimes. I'll be like, I'm going to go tell your mom. <laughs> she did. She would. But, she never called me only once in a while, but it, it, but she would. She'd hold him to that. She's going to call your mom. But yeah, I mean, when we first met, we were babies, 14, 13, and I found out he lived in Florida. And I said, no way, I'm not going to talk to you. But he kept on writing to me and he would come every six months and we just met up. He just wouldn't leave. <laughs> so eventually we just stuck and he would always want to get married when we got older. But you know, right now I was like, I need my get my school, my education, my career, mm-hmm. and then we can, you know, get married, make make it official. But um, yeah. we took different turns, but we got it done. You know, first first came babies, and then career, and then marriage. But <laughs> but yes, he was um, Nicholas was like again a very affectionate, and that's one thing that. I definitely miss about him is that he all those years he would still say how beautiful I was you know and he would just always I would be cooking and he would come behind and just I miss all of that so definitely very how long were you together at 18 18 17 years wow yes yeah 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 but beautiful years with him yeah. Now, why don't you talk about Julian a little bit? Oh, well, my Julian, he was so precious. Yeah. So um, Julian, we he would go by Juju. Mm-hmm. I did not agree with Juju at first. Um, <laughs> but Nicholas said, I'm going to call him Juju. I said, well, I'm going to call him Julian. Well, everyone in the family called him Juju. So it just stuck. But, so did you uh, call him Juju eventually? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Julian was, Julian and Nicholas were two peas in a pod. Uh, Julian was um, loud. He was very social. He affectionate, um, independent. He could do it. Total opposite from my firstborn. Uh-huh. Um, and just just a joy. He He was, in my words, perfect. You know, and And a jokester, too. He was a jokester, too. Yes. And he was very, um, I would say, very animated with his face when he, you know, every time you saw, you see him in pictures, he's like pointing at you, peace sign. And yes, very Spider-Man, too. Spider-Man. Spider-Web, you know, and so very animated. Um, He was your typical four-year-old kid he loved spider-man he loved mickey mouse um he was like just like his dad who loved movies you know Mm -hmm. you would walk into our house and a disney movie would be on and um and then music was a big thing well still is but uh music um i don't like cooking it's a chore. So I would, I put the music on and I would be cooking and Julian would dance with me, you know? And so that's one thing that Julian loved music. He loved dance. And, um, but he was a beautiful boy, beautiful, beautiful boy. It sounded like he loved to make his mama smile if he would dance with her in the kitchen. Oh, yes. 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 We have videos of 
us dancing and those videos I'll always cherish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think grandma's right that he had, he was a bit of a mama's boy too, huh? Yeah, he was definitely. And he was just developing his character too. You know, like he was, he had, my daughter's got, has two daughters and one of them is a couple of years older. So they, they had their, they bickered back, back and forth. And he loved to say, Katie, Katie, her name is Katie. Katie did it. Katie did it. It was Katie. You know, everything was Katie's fault, you know, um, <laughs> whatever he did. But um, he uh, was very, very much a jokester and just, just really kept getting a good character right, you know, at the last year of his life, you know, he was getting on the phone with me since I could only FaceTime with them or when I was there and he'd be telling me a story that happened or wanting me to buy him something. He knew he could get me to buy him something, you know, he showed me a game he wanted or something, but uh, he, he was a character, but I, mm -hmm. I, 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 he definitely was in love with his mother. Definitely. They were very, very close, more so than you and Maddox. I think you're close with Maddox, but I think Julian, I don't know. Yeah, yeah he was he was always right there with you. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I've got three kids too, and it was Andy was the one that was the mama's boy. I mean, the other ones. It it always was a big joke in our family that my daughter was the daddy's girl. Andy was a mama's boy, and then my son Peter didn't need anybody. He was just fine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. although yeah. in hindsight, we feel like really what he needed was his brother. He really, you know what I mean? He just loved his brother. So how old was Peter when uh, the accident happened? Yeah. So Peter was 12 when Andy died yeah. when he was 14. So same as my firstborn. Yeah. Um, Maddox was 12. Maddox was 12. Yes. Mm -hmm. I so, almost 12. He was well, almost. Yeah. 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 11. So why don't you go ahead and talk about what happened then? I don't know who wants to start that. You want to go ahead? And oh, yes. So yeah. I would say their anniversary just came up this past June. Mm -hmm. They were going to go off to, um, to go get ice cream. Uh -huh. And um, the next thing we know is that my son, I mean, my husband crashed into a, a guardrail okay. on the freeway. Unfortunately, um, my husband crossed over with Julian and yeah. they were struck and um, they, they departed suddenly, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. So reliving that night is, um, it's so hard for us. So like, yeah going into each detail is so hard, you know, and, but, um, but yeah, it was very sudden. Yeah. Just, just like with us, ours was very yeah. sudden car accident, just the same. Um, so you were just at home then? Yes, I was at home. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, I just got a mother instinct cause this ice cream trip, turned a little bit longer than usual. So right. um, the next thing you know, um, I just get, you know, I get the, the news. Yeah. So um, it's, it, it's an, I would say it's just like a, like if you got shot, yeah. how people describe how you've been shot, but you don't know you know, you like don't out of body experience. out of body and it's sort of denial too, Marcy. Yeah. I don't know how you, 
if how you felt when you got the news about Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you were in a vehicle, right? Yeah, I yeah. was. Yeah, I was there. Kind of like, no, you know, I, I, I felt like, no, that's that's not right. You know, I no, just, I know. Oh, yep. Um, I totally hear you. You're like, that just can't be. That just can't be. It's just, right. it's, you just can't wrap your head around it. I just don't think you can. It's just, it's like your mind doesn't want to believe it. Exactly. And I would say the first hour, I uh-huh. no, I knew they were gone, but uh-huh. I didn't even know the details. You know, right. I just, there was a car accident. I didn't know the extent of it. So that's how in shock I felt like I was that I didn't even ask. I just said, they're not here. No, yeah. they're not here. Right. So it, it's what the body does. It, it's, it's, I guess it's the adrenaline rush that kicks in, yeah. you know? So, um, but it was very, very sudden, you know, and, um, I was seven months pregnant. At That's the time. what we were all worried about. You know, she was seven months pregnant. My daughter kind of knew first and then she didn't know how to tell. She, But this one, Andrea, knew something was not right. And I happened to be on an out-of-town girls trip with my friend. And my daughter called me because everybody knows I, I talked to him. And I said, I haven't heard from him since three o'clock. Oh, he went to ice cream and Andrea's looking for him. Okay, I didn't think anything. Yeah. And so you went looking for him, Andrea, when he didn't come back? I did. I just said maybe he's probably, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ran out of gas. Or, yeah. Yeah. Car broke down. Something, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll find him. You know, they just told me there. I knew where they were going to go get ice cream. And I he just told me. So, but no, it was, you know, I didn't find them. And then when I came back home, um, my sister-in-law was there. And um, I, at that time, I don't know specific timing because it was all a blur. Yeah. But um, something told me to go on the internet, and um, not the best way to find out. No. 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 So. So that's how you really found out is through yeah. the internet. Well, she knew yeah. something was wrong, but you didn't know what what's wrong exactly and then um it's just i guess that mother instinct just put two and two together and um yes it's it was um i would just say i for sure fell to the ground yeah and my my dad was there too um and i would say it's this like this yell that I've never had in my, I never knew I had. Yeah. And I had someone describe it like a mother's, like a mother's howl, like, like a, I guess how wolves howl. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how I described it. And, and then after that, I just kept on thinking about my, my baby that, that, you know, I was carrying and I work at a hospital. So I, I knew what it was to go into preterm labor and to have a, a newborn, you know, a, a preemie. And I was like, this baby cannot come early. So, you know, I was very thankful that I was able to carry t- to term and I was able to give birth to baby Archie and he was yeah. a healthy eight pound baby. And he's now 10 months. 
You know? oh, wow. wow. He is a joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. I'm yes. sure he is. He, I would say he's my little saving grace. He is the light in this nightmare, you know, that we were all living in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, he's, he's definitely a big, big help. Mm-hmm. So how did you find out about the accident then, Janie? Well, as, like I said, I was with my friend. I was in Tennessee, mm-hmm. actually, with my friend. It was her 50th birthday and, and my niece. And uh, like I said, my daughter had called and she said, have you talked to Nick? I'm, she goes, Andrea is looking for him because he went for ice cream and it's going straight to voicemail his phone now. So she said she was driving up and down there major street. And I said, no. And I didn't. That was about 7 or 8 p.m. And I said, no. But I didn't feel right, and I wanted to go back to my room with my other, with my friend. Not my niece was carrying on with some other friends, and I said I want to go back to the room. And um, and my friend said, oh, "Don't worry about, you know, he's probably fine. I'm sure." And then it was weird. I called up a, a, a his aunt that he would go visit sometime, and I said, "Hey, have you talked to Nicholas?" And she goes, "No, I'm out of town actually." And we were just talking, and my friend was on the other phone, on the other her phone. And she was talking to, I didn't know, my daughter, or I don't even know who she was talking to. And she came and she put her hand on my my wrist. And she said, get off the phone. And I and that was it. I, I threw myself to the ground and I just, I always had, it's, just, it's something stupid, I know. But since his father died and, and I always thought I have some extra point, I, I got some extra yeah, a guidance yeah. up there, you know, his right. father's awesome. So I, even though I always worried about both my kids, I always had that in the back of my mind. Oh, God wouldn't do that. Wouldn't well, do that to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I know. know. That, so I thought that, and but when that, that happened, I, I don't even remember. I know I fell to the ground and I was screaming and she said she, she was going to have to take me to the, I remember her saying something about the hospital. And then I, I, I finally stepped out of it, but I was more concerned about Andrea because she's, Seven months pregnant, I was worried about Maddox because I'm very close to Maddox, the the 12-year-old. But um, I don't even know how I got through. We stayed up all night, and my friend came with me to Texas, and we took the early morning flight. And I still was thinking, well, maybe there was a mistake. Yeah, I'm thinking the whole time on the plane, I go, maybe there was a mistake. And uh, Because first we heard, first I don't know how I heard or something, that it was a little boy that passed. And then I said, well, it can't be them because where's Nicholas? And, you know, it can't be them. It, 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 they got the wrong kid because the little Matt, uh, Julian's with his dad. They had said a little boy got hurt. And so I don't know how I heard that. But then I, so I was thinking on the plane, I didn't say anything to my friend, but I just said, maybe it's a mistake. And then by the time I got up, you know, my husband met me there. My husband met me there, of course, and it was just, I've never heard, you know, it was just, even my brother-in-law, my daughter, my son-in-law, my daughter's husband, I mean, he was howling like I never heard him cry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I always just called it the bad cry, and then I, I've been working with Gwen, and I started going to Starlight, and they said it. They call it the lament, and that is a better term, but that is truly what it is. It's just, when you lament, it's just guttural and emotional, and every bit of you, you just lay out and in mourning. 
And I think it's needed sometimes. And oh yeah, I, mean, I would do that, you know. Well, I still do that. I'll get in the car and do that often. I'll get in the car and just scream their name, you know. So it makes yeah. me feel better. I'm, I don't do it in front of people because they'll probably think I'm nuts. But it makes uh-huh. me feel better when I when I call their their name, you know, like, where are you? You know, I want it. Everybody that knows me knows I'm always in a hurry, even when I don't have to be in a hurry. I'm just like, so I never see these signs that, you know, that my daughter sees the sign, Andreas gets signs, you know, but I think it's because I'm not taking the time to look and take, taking mm-hmm. the time to, there, I know that there are signs around there, that there are around. I feel him, but I want to see signs too, you know? Yeah. I get kind of jealous sometimes when I feel like I want a little bit, right? Do you get any signs, Marcy? You know, um, sometimes I guess, I guess there have been some things. One thing that happened, it was very kind of crazy. It was even just on the day of Andy's funeral. So they loved playing with, you know, my boys love playing in the backyard. And they had this Diego ball, you know, from... Diego, Dora, Diego, Dora the Explorer, Diego. So they had this Diego ball that they got when they were little toddlers. And so then when they got older, they could kick that thing really high, right? And they would just abuse this Diego ball and it would never get destroyed. And one day, probably three years before Andy died, it got stuck up high, high in a tree. And it never ever came down. And, you know, we're in Michigan. We get bad snowstorms. We get weather coming through. That ball never came down until the day of Andy's funeral. Wow. And the day of Andy's funeral was not, it was a little bit overcast. We had a few raindrops now and then, but it was not stormy. It was not windy, but that ball just came down and landed in the middle of the yard, the Diego ball. And that was like, Okay, Andy, you know what I mean? No coincidence. No no coincidence that it would be stuck in a tree for three years through weather and then just come down at that moment. So what have you had happen, Andrea? Well, I have multiple. One of them is I would say that it was before the accident. Mm -hmm. I felt like the signs were already coming. Mm -hmm. Um. I was showing Julian how to pray his prayers. Yeah. Just the basic prayers, you know, and um, one night, I would say probably two weeks before the accident, he, um, he was in my bed and um, he looked at me and he goes in, he goes, mom. And I go, yes. And he pointed to my dresser, which was so messy. And I had a picture of, Jesus Christ on there and he goes mom Jesus and I go yeah I go he's he's looking at you he goes oh okay and now that I look back to it I'm just like was God already preparing my son Mm -hmm. to meet him out of all that junk that was on my dresser like how did Julian just point that out I just yeah. found that so odd and I just felt like things were already getting ready at my house. Mm-hmm. And 
also I've had, um, I've had experiences with, um, oops, sorry. That's okay. It's the work pager. <laughs> <laughs> I've had experiences with, um, dragonflies. Mm -hmm. I was working out with my cousin and, um, one dragonfly came in her garage and I saw it and I told her, I was like, Hey, look, there goes a garage. And she goes, Hmm. Okay. Well, they usually don't come in here. I was like, okay. And then like 10 minutes later comes two dragonflies. And then so we're working out. She's like, Andrea, those are your boys. And I was like, Hey boys. I was like, mommy's working out. <laughs> and then, so then I would say we finished our workout. So probably 15 minutes went by. We were sitting down recovering and there comes a dragonfly again. And this time it lands, it, like it's flying right, right here, this close. And I tell my cousin, I'm so like, like right above your shoulder almost. Yes. Uh -huh. And I was like, is this, do they bite? Or she's like, no, <laughs> they don't bite. And she's in tears. Cause she's yeah. like, that is not a coincidence. Those are your boys. So it was so funny because like that night before I remember I prayed and I said, just give me a sign, a validation that they're in peace. I just yeah. want to know they're in peace. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like he answered me and um, that's a validation. And then we have then probably like Three months after the accident, too, my son calls me. He goes, Mom, there are two ducks in front of our house, and I'm scared to go to the bus. And I go, <laughs> what? I go, FaceTime me. And there's no ponds around my house. Yeah. And You're in Texas. House, there are not lots of ducks that are just no, hanging out. And, yeah, and then, like, my house is, like, in a little corner. So I... I snapped it I took a picture of it because I was like that is weird I was like <laughs> I was like well Maddox I was like that's probably dad and Juju telling you you better hurry up and catch that bus <laughs> but um, yeah I need to look like at things like you know my daughter said she found a white feather the other day and she she could hear my son saying Jen would you give this to mom you know she's not paying attention to this you know tell her this is the she said because you know she's not she's going 90 to nothing uh, one thing I, I totally appreciate the month that I had with Nicholas here, you know, I never, he would never have been able to come here for a month, you know, with his wife and, but she was fine with him coming. And one time I, I saw the, the numbers 1111 and I, I'm sure you've heard before so, uh, an angel, they say an angel is thinking about you. And I told him, I said, Oh, it's 1111. Probably my mom's thinking about me. And he goes, what does that mean? And I told him and unbeknownst to me, he went home and told her. And so she was telling me this after they passed away. She said, Nicholas told me if I ever saw an 11-11 together, that it's an angel thinking of me. And then I said, oh, my gosh, I had just told him that story. So um, I, I, that month that we he was here, we went on long walks. We did a lot of things that we never would have had a chance to do because usually it's a visit and I'm over there for a few days or he's here for a few days and mm -hmm. we don't have time for a lot, but we had a lot of, my husband too is crazy about my husband, Nicholas. So we're very close and um, we never had that. And I'm just appreciate, I'm appreciative that I had that time with Nicholas here for a month, you know? Um, 
even the dog. We have a, a, a golden doodle that uh, would come and bark to, for Nicholas to open the door. And he'd say his name is Kobe, which my son and my grandpa named him because of Kobe Bryant. And this is before Kobe passed away. So they named him after Kobe Bryant. But he'd say, what, Kobe? Kobe just wanted to come and sit with him. And just they, he'd just sit with Nicholas. And even after Nicholas left, he would still do that. You know, come and bark at the door like, Nicholas, open the door. You know, so I have those memories. And those are my last memories of, of Nicholas, of him. And he was only home 10 months when the accident, 10 days when the accident happened. That's what I was going to ask you when, how long afterwards? So just 10 days later. Wow. It, it, he left here June 10th and he got, he, he passed away on June 20th. Day before Father's Day, yeah. That was quite the gift that you had. I do, and I do appreciate that, and I'm I'm glad that I I am you know first year mad at God, I'm mad at God, but I, I did get that you know, and a lot of people don't. Um, mm-hmm. Because when had it? I mean, because how old was he? Thirty two. And he moved out of the house right after high school, right? Oh yeah, he moved, yeah. He moved. So he hadn't spent. Like no. a lot of time with you. No, in no. The Other than he, he's a big Redskin fan and my husband is. So he'd come every year for a football game and Maddox would come with him and they'd stay max three or four days, you know, because mm-hmm. he is working and Maddox is in school, but never, never 30 days. Never, never. That is quite. So, but you'd hear him. I'd hear him down from upstairs. Him talking to Julian, and sometimes getting after Julian. You need to listen to mommy. And then there's Julian. You know, they'd be goofing off because they'd be on Facetime every night, right? Every day, you guys would be on Facetime. So, I'd hear him um, playing with Juju or disciplining Juju over Facetime because mm-hmm. you could be a pistol sometimes. You know, yeah, a typical boy. You know. So you said he was on furlough. What was his job? That he, he, worked was doing? Steel, he worked at a steel company for, uh, okay. nine, he was there for nine years and the co- whole COVID thing. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I asked if it was for, from because yeah, of COVID. Was, so that's what it, it was? It was due to COVID. Okay. So um, he um, took the time to come and thank God, Andreas didn't mind. So I, I'm thankful for that. Thank God. Yes. Yeah, so you just kind of let him take off for a month, huh? Well, you know, mama's boy, I said, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I know he loved his mom dearly, so. Yeah. Well, and and I think at the beginning of the pandemic like that, because that's when it was very very early in, it's just kind of a scary time, right? And you just don't know what's going to happen. And then it, I think it got everyone thinking a little bit more about, your own mortality and the mortality, I think, of your parents and things like that. Like, oh, yeah. it would be nice to just have a visit, right? And yeah. and be able to spend some quality time together. Yeah, yeah. He and yeah. she works for the hospital, so she has to always. She didn't get a furlough. She has to always work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's like me. I mean, I, <laughs> there's no furlough. No, I just no. suddenly had to wear a lot more stuff on my body. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. A lot more masks and shields and gowns and gloves and everything else. But otherwise, it was kind of very much the same as normal. So mm-hmm. he wanted to be back, you know, of course, which he had to go back. But for, of course, the baby was coming in August and they had to start preparing for that and getting the room ready. And I think you were still going to have another baby shower or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or something. And so they were preparing for that. But it went fast. The 10 days, it just 
10 days and it was gone. They were gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So is that a special thing that they would go out for ice cream? Like a special thing that the two of them would do? Uh, yes. Nick was very spontaneous. Um, yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, for my pregnancy, I didn't have crazy cravings. Um, uh -huh. But he'd be like, Andrea, do you want ice cream? Do you want a, a blast, you know, like from Dairy Queen or um, uh -huh. just, and I was just like, no, but um, he's always been like that. Just very, very spontaneous. And, and, and um, you loved his sweets. And, yeah. and Julian was, he had a sweet tooth, anything to do with cake, cookies, ice cream. He was there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, his dad asked me that day too. He said, do you want to come with us? And, you know, that's one of the what ifs that happens with, you know, tragedy. Oh, yeah. But I said, no, I was tired. And I just cleaned the restrooms at, that day. So um, I didn't go with them that day. Mm -hmm. So There's always a lot of what ifs. You do think about that a lot. It's horrible to do that, uh -huh. but do it. I think we all do it. I, I think everybody does it. I'm I talk a lot to people whose children die of long, complicating illnesses, and they still do it because they still think, well, what if, you know, he was kind of tired that like a few weeks before. What if I'd have taken him to the doctor then? What if we'd have found something just a little bit sooner? I, I just think it's such a common thing no matter what, because I, I felt like it would be just more like with something that we went through because of the accident, because it literally was like, you know, I let him, Andy go upstairs after soccer practice and change. Why did I let him change? Why didn't I say, bud, we're already going to be late. We're no time to go change. Let's just get in the car. I mean, anything, right? If I would have done one tiny thing a little bit different, we would have had this you know, potentially a totally different outcome. You know, I, eh, you just yeah. end up doing it to yourself again and again and again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm yeah. sure and you I, did I too. You mentioned too on your podcast with Gwen, how um, you don't know if it was a concussion or if you just lost your, your memory. Yeah. And, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I know I, I, everything is a fog to me. I don't even remember anything for four or five months. I don't, I didn't really feel like I started grieving until like October. Because it yeah. just, it's weird. I just felt like it was all a blur. And I know Andrea has shared that with me too. She goes, I don't even remember the funeral. You know, she, you, we don't know. There were so many people. We know that. And it was the middle of a, a, a pandemic, you know. Yeah. So the fact, every, you know, so many people, you know, we knew it was dangerous, you know, because there's so many people hugging us and everything, but wow. everything is just a blur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it I think is. You, it you is. say, you know, where you're hugging people, and like, I don't really want to. I don't know you, you know. You don't. You there were a lot of people you don't know that you're hugging, and you're, you're, you know. I didn't. You don't know a lot of people that are there, and I, like, like you you said in your podcast, and you're just going about the, you're just going in the motions of. There's something. Mm -hmm. There's something going on. People are telling you sorry, and it was just an ugly time. It's just a blur to me. Yeah, I I know. For me too, I just feel like I don't, 
there's a, so much I don't remember. I mean, they call it really kind of grief brain that your brain just doesn't remember. And I think a lot of it is your body just trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You feel like that, Andrea? You just, yes, just foggy, yes. right? I, I felt, yes. And um, I, I, I just, it's amazing how your body can get us through as mothers to see our, our sons Mm-hmm. In, in a casket you know it's oh my word it's it, the most horrible um, thing it's the yes most horrible and, thing. and you well, know the strength and I, I believe that's what grief does the beginning in our body how it responds to to loss to such a tragic loss I remember you know being at the funeral and just just staring at the at the coffin you know at the you know at them and I would just kind of just shake my head because I was like no it's this is not real this is not real this is not real this is not real and um but it's I felt like the crying the yelling came afterwards you know Mm -hmm. I would say a couple of weeks you know but at that moment when everyone was there, it's just kind of like, no, you know, it's, you don't mm-hmm. want to accept it, you know. Right, right. So. You almost feel like if, like it's, like somehow if you don't accept it, it will really not be real and it won't really be happening. <laughs> like exactly. it's obviously I cannot change that reality, but a little bit of you feels like, well, maybe I can, right? Maybe. Right maybe I can change this. Like there should still be something I can do. I I talked about this rather recently with Gwen and it really was so striking to me how she said that someone she had talked to said it's so much, it's easier to accept guilt that you could have done something different than to accept the fact that you were completely powerless in the situation yeah, and that that's the most difficult thing to know that you had no power at all. And if you had no power in that circumstance, it means you have no power in many circumstances. And that means this horribleness could happen again. And that's That's terrifying. Yeah. That's scary. Uh That's scary. Yeah, and I'm with you a little bit that you feel like, you know how you said, um, Janie, that after you lost your husband, like, well, God kind of owes me one, so now I'm going to kind of be okay for a while. And I sort of felt that way, too. You know, when I was growing up, my parents both had cancer when I was in high school, and my mom eventually died when I was in college. And then things started kind of seeming like they were turning up for me. And, like, bad things stopped happening, and I was like, you know what? I think maybe enough bad things have happened yeah, to me. Yeah, I've had we've a lot had of bad share. things happen to me. I'm kind of good now. I can be okay now. Um, and you just get that expectation because for a long time, I was waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Even when I met my husband and we started dating, he said it, it actually bothered him about me that I always seemed like I was waiting for something horrible to happen because that had been my experience growing up, that bad things just happened. And... You know, then a number of years, all these years going by and getting married and having a great career and three beautiful children and then taking my foster son and like bad things just weren't happening anymore. And I started felt like, you know, I just got comfortable. 
Right. And then whammo. Bam. Yeah. A big one. Yeah. A big no one. Like the biggest involved. one. Right? Yes. The biggest one. The worst one that could happen. You know, your kid. Yeah. You know, the worst yeah. thing that could happen. It's so funny because you think the worst thing that could happen would be was, you know, when I lost my mom, I actually didn't think it could get worse than that, but it really can. And mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I being also to Marcy, how old was Andy? Andy was 14. Mm-hmm. 14. I think when they're, they're children, you know, yeah. I think that's the last thing you would ever think of, you know? Yeah. You know, just yeah. a, a death of a child, you know, it's, yeah. and, you know, them seeing them healthy and playing around and then, then, you know, you're just in a second, just gone. Yes. gone. Yes. Just like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, Andy yeah. was uh, an hour before he died. He was at soccer practice. Like that's just, it just doesn't seem possible. Right. So, right. I, and I really think for, feel for you, Andrea, because, you know, my husband and I turned to each other a lot when we lost Andy. So to have to do that without Nicholas, to mourn Julian like that. Wow. I don't think Nicholas could have been as strong as her. I don't, I, he would have, if this would have happened just to Julian, I don't see Nicholas I, I don't, he would have fell apart. I just, you know, she's, Andrea's stronger than Nicholas. I mean, um, of course, she has her moments, but I can't, see, I, he would have fallen apart if it would, you know, um, I, you know, maybe God took them both because of that. I don't know. I don't, I, I really don't know. I but now that, yeah, you think that, yeah, your kids aren't supposed to die, of course, but um, now that it happened, we, and I'm involved in other mom, you know, other mom groups. And I know Andrea is, but uh, you see so many others now. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us on this in this club that we don't want to be in. And um, there's more than I ever thought. And isn't it weird that a lot of them are boys? To me, I see that they're <laughs> mostly boys. Oh, I think yeah. they're both, but you probably gravitate more towards the boys. Maybe that's it. But I see mostly boys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Marcy, like, uh, well, going back to that, just going through this nightmare without my husband was, it, it's undescribable. Um, because again, he was a very affectionate guy. But at the same time, Marcy, I was so overwhelmed by the community, mm-hmm. how it, they came together to bring, bring me up, you know, they, they were holding me up and my family. Um, my mom immediately moved in with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad lives five minutes away till this day. He comes every other day. Yeah. Um, my sister, she's there every weekend. And, um, I feel like, um, Nicholas is there saying they, they got you, Andrea, you know, I, I know one part of him is at peace because he knows that I'm not alone. Yeah. And, um, but yes, uh, it's to grieve two people so big, you know, it's so hard to grieve two people like that. And it, it was a catastrophic life. You could say 
half of my family. I had to bury half of my family. Yeah. And that I wouldn't wish this on my no. worst enemy. No. no. And I think, too, about Maddox and him having to, you know, losing his dad and his brother all in one fell swoop like that at his age wow and to top everything off yeah to to see uh, you know as a mother to see my son grieve Mm -hmm. to lose his father to lose his son i mean to i'm sorry his baby brother brother, i felt like when i saw him going through a hard time i would break down i would break down because as a mother you want to just take that away yeah. from him, you know? Yeah, you want to protect them, right? Yes. And you can't take that away. It's it's one of the worst things, I think, yeah. of the whole grief thing is watching your other children grieve yeah. and watching them have to do this. Yeah. It's just so horrible. Because so you horrible. feel the pain, but, you know, as, as them, as kids, you know, yeah. it, it's not fair. You know, you keep on saying it's not fair. They shouldn't right. be doing, you know, they shouldn't right. be going through this. Right. And um, I, I was, I'm real open with Maddox and uh-huh. I, I tell him Maddox, you know, you can, you, you can let it all out. You know, uh-huh. you can let me know you can, if you need to go, you know, you want me to buy you a bat and hit things on the ground just to let that anger out? It's okay, you know, because I feel like children, I don't know if you saw this with your kids, but they tend to hold it in. Yes, because they want to protect you. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Maddox is mm-hmm. trying, he wants to be the protector now. He's the man yep. of the house, you know? Yep. Yep. That's what they do. That All kids do that. They really want to protect their parents. And so, I mean, I will never forget being in the hospital that night and you know I told had to be the one to tell Peter Andy's dead he didn't make it and his first reaction to me was to rub my arm to comfort me he didn't he didn't cry first for his horrible loss his first instinct was to touch my arm and that's when my pastor my pastor saw that and he said that's when I knew your family was going to be okay because we just were hurting for each other from that first moment, just hurting the pain for each other and not just turning into ourselves. You know what I mean? But that was a sign that, 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 that was going to be his priority was going to be trying to help his mom and dad, which sometimes I, don't like I'm like you right just let it out please just yeah. admit to me how you know but they don't yeah. want to yeah and I try to. to make it in my own little way I try to make it as normal like I I have a picture of Julian um, as soon as you go into my house and my little way of honoring my boys is I buy them fresh flowers every week mm-hmm. and um, sometimes I'll sit there and I'll talk to the pitcher and Maddox comes in, he goes, mom. And I go, I know Maddox, I'm just having a conversation with your brother right now, but I want, I still want, because they're so quiet. He's so quiet about it. I want him to talk about it. I want him to be okay to say, Hey, Julian, I want him to say Julian without a big old knot in his throat. Yeah, Right. 
So that's and that's a great example, I think, you doing for him and showing him that it's yeah. okay. And yes, yeah, yeah that, that that yeah. is a beautiful thing you're doing. I and should take you take uh, yeah. a little bit of piece from you or a piece of advice from you and do that myself a little bit more. I think. Yeah, just I I mean every day in my little way um, to honor them, you know, yeah. and to light a candle, you know, I, every, I say, here you go, boys, here goes your fresh, fresh flowers, you know, and mm-hmm. I make it, um, you know, I change it up, you know, I change, I, I have fun with it, putting their flowers together. And, um, but that's what I want. I, I, I guess the ultimately the end goal is when we leave, we want to be remembered. And yes. Julian's life, was so short, incredibly mm-hmm. short. It was four yeah. years. And, um, but I want him to know that he will always be remembered. He was here for a short time, but he will always be remembered. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I want just the community to know that it's okay to bring him up. You know, we were talking right. about that earlier. Um, you know, it just, those, I might cry. It, it's okay. But, um, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I, if anything, it's music to my ears. For sure. Yes, you know, I've, and- I've read that online somewhere. Someone saying, don't you know that hearing my son's name is like music? Oh, like yes. Music. And like, um, you know, the boys were buried. So I told my sister, all like how I wish I had like a little camera there or like a, like a, I came and visit your boys because yeah. my husband said, Hey, I went to go visit your boys. And Oh, that like, I know made, made my day. You want to go visit my boys, you know? Uh, so, yeah. I, you know, and I know it's so hard for people to go to cemeteries or, you know, mm-hmm. but just little things like that makes my day makes yeah. a grieving mom. It makes my day. Yeah. If I go there on a couple occasions, I, there have been things left. So beautiful for me to see. So beautiful. Yes. So that's just one thing I always try to do is always remember them. And if no one said his name that day before I go to bed, I say, I say his name several times, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, say, I'm, I'm never forgetting. And um, Julian did have a blanket that he carried mm-hmm. around since he was yeah. tiny, tiny. And that's my way, you know. Yeah. My mom told me, she's like, you should have put his blanket in there with him. And I said, no. no. I said, that's my piece where I feel the closest to him, yeah. you know. And That's Andy's teddy and bear. to this day, I don't know. Andy has oh, a, he teddy had a, he had a teddy and bear. And I still, yep, yep. And I still, when I travel, the teddy bear goes, you know. I used to sleep with it every yeah. night, but... I don't do that anymore, but it sits in my room. I mean, it's it's there. He's there, and he has to be. And and I felt a little bit guilty, like just a little bit, that Herky is the bear's name, <laughs> that Herky should be with Andy forever because Herky, you know, Andy never slept without Herky, ever. Even, even at 14, he was still sleeping with this bear. <laughs> and the last weekend we went up north, um, he accidentally left the bear. And we're on our way back home, and he said, I forgot Herky. And I said, Bud, we do not have time. We got to get home. You will see Herky next weekend because we were supposed to go up the next weekend. And then, of course, 
you know, he died just a few days later. Um, and then, and that's the thing that I said to my in-laws, my in-laws live very close to our place up north. And I, that day when we had to tell them, I said, you have to bring Herky home to me because I had to have something to hold. So they did. They got him out of Andy's bed and, and he's been with me ever since. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Same thing with Juju's blanket. That's, <laughs> that's where I feel the closest to him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I have Nicholas's necklace that Andrea was kind enough to let me use while <laughs> for a while. I wanted a part of Nicholas too because he loved his jewelry. You know, he had this one and another one. And while he was here, he had a made shorter. But um, she, she she was kind enough to let me wear it for a while. So I'm gonna wear it until she until I can give it to Maddox. Oh, it's yours. <laughs> uh, I, I feel so close to him, you know, with this. So. Um, yeah, I know exactly how that feels. I know exactly. Well, thank you so much, both of you ladies, for being on the podcast today and sharing your sweet boys with me. I just loved it. Well, thank you, Marcy. Thank you. I had a good time. Thank you. We wanted to do it to keep them alive, too. So. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.